The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's American Express. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. And Greg, I hope you are having a better Monday than the Pittsburgh Steelers are. Oh, yes. Did, did they just throw an interception I right there? They did. Yeah, I, at the corner of my eye, it appears that they have just thrown an interception in the end zone, which I, I, I don't know what the true count is. Feels like the fifth or sixth turnover already. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't watch the beginning of the game. I only saw it for about five minutes, but uh, it looked like they had a fumble and now an interception. They also so, had a fumble that I don't think, that I think should have been given to the Bills. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of crazy. They, and they didn't really give much explanation on it. Just kind of, anyway, uh, I digress. Who cares about playoff football, Rick, when you have <laughs> DFS episode of the American Express? Yeah, that's that's what I always say. So we are breaking down the American Express for this week and we enter the time of year where you don't get just one course. This week is not just two courses. We are rocking three separate courses for this week. Uh, We'll jump right into it. And Troy, if you want to share my screen, I'm showing the stadium course scorecard. And Greg, this is where half of the rounds are going to be played. Everybody's going to play one round at three different courses, the stadium course, La Quinta country club, and the Nicholas tournament course. You get the 54 hole cut. Then you go back to the stadium course. That is the scorecard that I'm showing right now. Yes. So two rounds at the stadium course, as you just mentioned there, um, all three courses are par 72 and all of them are under 7,200 yards. So these are, these are short golf courses. The par fives are reachable in two, um, but the greens are are pretty small out here. <laughs> what I also find really interesting about this golf course every year is uh, the rough is dormant. So there's really, there's just not a lot of penalty when you miss a fairway. Um, so you have a short golf course. Guys are able to hit a lot of drivers. It's a, some three woods for sure, but a, a lot of drivers, they have a little bit of room. And and this tournament really on all three golf courses becomes a wedge fest. Right. And there's only, especially on the stadium course, I think there's four or five holes that do have water uh, in play off the tee. If you avoid that, 
you can basically hit it wherever you want. And you're right. It does turn into a, a wedge fest and it turns into a birdie fest. You know, the, the average winning score, Greg, over the last five years is 25 under. I mean, you are going to have to keep applying pressure, keep rolling it in, keep uh, sticking them close, getting hot. There's just it, there's just pars are no good. No, they, uh, they're not good. And you can feel like you're losing ground really quickly. Um, perhaps some of the players will take a little inspiration out of JT Poston last week, starting off with five straight pars and still shooting 61. Uh, but there will have to be hot streaks, a streak of five pars in a row. And you're going to really feel like you're losing ground. Uh, the other element here that is different than some of the other birdie fests we get is there's really there's hardly ever wind right and this is like dome golf every year it seems like just perfect conditions for scoring and if there is wind it's almost helpful because it it's not strong enough where it becomes a nuisance it just gives you a little bit more room you feel like you can aim away from the flag and use the wind a little bit so there's not really many conditions to deal with either um, for the most part, which is helpful. You're going to have to make birdies. Uh, eagles will go a long way and you have chances for both birdies and Eagles on, on all three courses. I find this to be a very chaotic event. One that's difficult to handicap for a couple of reasons. The, the course rotation does introduce kind of a lot of luck into it. If you get the, the correct end of the draw and it's, you know, it's just a, a different layer that you have to consider. It's a lot of guys first starts or it's early in the year. So you don't have a lot of recent form to go to. You inject a bunch of guys from the corn Ferry tour, although this is a pretty top heavy field as well. And we've seen, a bunch of long shot winners around here, you know, Adam Long and um, uh, Andrew Landry and Hudson Swafford was like 100 to one when he won this. John Rahm last year was eight to one. He's really the only guy below like 50 or 60 to one in the last five years to win this. Well, part of that, too, is the stars haven't really played here. So while, the, you know, that has an effect on the odds. And if you have players who are kind of in that or up top as favorites, well, the field really balances out. Um, the other thing is you don't have the kind of golf course that separates players tee to green. Even though I do believe approach play is really important and the guys who win have great weeks approaching the greens, it has a lot more to do with wedges than some middle and long irons. Uh, and if you've ever been to a PGA Tour range, uh, these guys are all really good with their wedges. <laughs> you end up, even some of the guys you don't think of as great ball strikers, um, they end up giving themselves a lot of birdie opportunities. Uh, and, and it becomes you know, a little bit of a Monday qualifier type feel on all three days because you got one round on this course. It's a sprint to the finish. And then we'll meet up on Sunday and see where everybody stands for the final round um, at the Pete Dye Stadium course. That is an interesting way to look at it. That it does kind of feel like that. It's like a, it's four separate sprints almost. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I want to talk about the field and obviously we're going to go through it and, and, and break it down tier by tier. Uh, but first we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No. 
and I do not see surrender. He is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. And we're back. What you're looking at now is the cheat sheet. This is from my website, rickrungood.com. And there are four golfers over $10,000. Scotty Scheffler is 11-4. Xander Shoffley, 10-9. Patrick Cantlay, 10-8. Sung J.M., 10-1. Before we even jump into that, Greg, those four, Tom Kim, Justin Thomas, Minwoo, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark, Chris Kirk, Eric Cole, pretty pretty good feel for the American Express. Yeah, really good, especially at the top. Uh, And I have to imagine this comes from the new schedule, right? This is the start of the year. It's the third event of the season. If you're someone like Justin Thomas and you didn't make it to Kapalua, uh, you know, maybe you didn't want to go to Hawaii for the Sony open and you you start off here, Uh, a much more condensed schedule for the players this year. And I think you're going to see this as a trend in the future where some of these early events guys want to get into, uh, you get on the ground, get some FedEx Cup points, take the fall off, but know that hey, when when we're between January and September, it's pretty much full tilt. Yeah, these guys are hitting the ground running like Josh Allen is right now against those pesky Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I won't continue to spoil it, but uh, <laughs> let's let's start at the top here, Greg uh, Xander. Scotty, Patrick Cantlay, Sung J.M. I find this really fascinating. Scotty Scheffler, you know, rinse and repeat everything that we have said over the course of the last 18 months. You get Xander and Cantlay. Cantlay's been great here. He almost stole this in 2021. Xander's only played it uh, once in the last handful of years and 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 finished third. And then you get Sung J, who I'm big on Sungjae this year, but I was a little bit surprised to see him as the fourth golfer in the 10K range with Tom Kim, Justin Thomas, even a little Minwoo Lee behind. I thought it was interesting that Sungjae got the nod there. A little disappointing, quite frankly, Um, because I was looking through before we had our pricing and Sungjae was a name I was very interested in. There's a few reasons for that. Um, I think he's really the guy to start with. Before I get into Sungjae, I think this is pretty important. When you get into birdie fest like this, a, a slow day with the putter for Scotty Scheffler, and you will get run over, even though you are a better player than everybody else in the field. Now, that's not to pick on Scotty Scheffler's putting any more than we already have, but that that's true for Patrick Cantlay. It's true for Xander Shoffley. It's true for Sung J.M. It's true for everybody in this field, right? You cannot slow down putting. So because of that, I believe this is an easy event for a star to actually miss the cut. I think it is too. You know, you, you can get some kind of crazy things because you can play good golf and just simply not make enough birdies. Um, so, so yeah, it's also, I mean, there's just so much weird stuff that can happen when you go to three different golf courses a day. 
or a different golf course for the first three days. And it creates a very volatile situation where I agree that it, it, this is almost a scary week to play expensive guys because, or, or popular guys, because I think that there's a chance that something weird happens and they are not in it or not around for Sunday. Uh, there's absolutely a chance. And so many guys are in play because of the distances of the golf course. So it, it's hard to find separation up here at the top. But that's one of the reasons why the the price, while it disappointed me with Sung Jae-in, because I would have liked to gotten you know one of these other 10K guys in there with Sung Jae. I probably won't be able to do that at this point. But, um, but when you look at what Sung Jae-in has done... He played the Zozo Championship in the fall, came in tied 12th, tied 5th at the Century, and had some really good putting performances. Uh, and, and he has a really nice record here. I mean, all top 18 finishes here, yeah. which is a really nice sign of consistency. And that, that's in five starts. So his best finish is a T10. His worst finish is a T18. That tells me that he's very comfortable on the golf courses. He, he's very comfortable making a pile of birdies. Uh, we've seen some evidence, although it's limited like it is for everybody. We've seen some evidence that he's feeling pretty good on the greens. Um, his name keeps popping up. If you look at wedge numbers, uh, if you look at guys who play well on easy in easy scoring conditions, his name keeps popping up. Um, so Sung JM is definitely a, a name I have circled and I'm not afraid of fading Scheffler, Shoffley and Cantlay, not because of anything, they've done just because of the general formula yeah so i'm 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 absolutely with you on sung jay i think that i'm a little more bullish on scotty but those two in the middle Cantley and xander i i find it hard to separate the two of them i also think that for you know 700 or 800 dollars less I don't mind Sungjae or some of these guys in the 9K range. I find the pricing to be awkward on those two, and I'm just kind of handcuffed, uh, handcuffed there. And it's always so hard to pick between those two. You feel like they play well at the same kind of venues, um, and you don't really know one of them's going to finish T3 and one of them's going to finish T9, and you're just not really sure how to how to differentiate between the two. So uh, um, I have, I don't have a problem with either of them. I, I just think there's such a chance of it going the other way. I also look at the other end of this board in the six K range and I, it's pretty slim pickings, right? I mean, you're taking flyers down there as you'll see when we get there. So that presents another challenge. So I really like saving a little bit of money with Sung Jay. And if you want to go Scotty, I, I can never fault you for that. I, I totally would understand. But Scotty worries me a little bit in a tournament like this. The 9K range offers up plenty of great names as well. Tom Kim, Justin Thomas, Jason Day, Min Woo Lee, Sam Burns, Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas. And then we round it out with Chris Kirk. So um, Kirk had a great Hawaiian swing. Poston had a great Hawaiian swing. We saw good years, or at least parts of years, uh, from, from Ricky Fowler and from Jason Day last year. But where are we spending our money here in the 9K range? There are three guys that really jump off the page to me in this range that I want to have on my team. And I may even skip Sungjae and 
put two of these guys together because I think that can really work. Uh, Justin Thomas and the other JT. Cool. And the third would be Chris Kirk. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna stack the JTs. I think you could stack the JTs and have some real success. Uh, um, I, I said earlier and I said last year in the fall that Justin Thomas was back to base camp. And when you look at what he's done, it's you know nothing but top five finishes since the end of last season. Um, since the Wyndham Championship when he missed the chip to get into the playoffs. <laughs> right? I mean, nothing but top fives. He's he's back to Justin Thomas. This is no longer a disaster. And you think about the strength of his game, and it is without question the wedge play. You think about the weakness in this game, and yes, some of that is the putter, which is still present, but also the errancy off the tee. And he's not going to get penalized for that this week. Uh, as long as he can avoid the water. So I think this plays right into Justin Thomas's hands with, with his wedge play. And then we referenced this, uh, I think it was last night, the run that JT Poston has been on is is just a ton of top 10 finishes. You were getting at this earlier. You know, the combination of approach play and putting in birdie fests is critical. You got to give yourself a ton of opportunities. You have to make those opportunities. And, and that is the blueprint of what, JT Poston does. We saw it on um, Sunday at Wiley, right? He goes nuts and gains seven strokes to the field, but um, he is capable of heating up in a big way. Yes. Uh, and specifically, it's with short irons and wedges. And that's where you look at his results, and, and they're pretty good here. He has two top 10s here, another top 25 finish. So he, he's had uh, plenty of starts here. I, I believe seven starts here. And they've been a little sporadic, but he's definitely shown he's capable of of the top tens. But you look at some of these golf courses, like the Sony, not a long golf course. The Century, long on the card, doesn't play very long. Um, the Shriners, not overly long. Desert golf. A lot of the the Wyndham, the 3M, the uh, the John Deere Classic. These are golf courses where wedge play is really highlighted, and and it's JT Poston and JT and Justin Thomas, the other JT. I mean, it, it highlights both of their strengths. Did you tell us who the third guy was? Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk. That's right. Okay. And it's a very similar reason. Now, Chris Kirk had a difficult uh, Sunday last week. He couldn't get anything going. Shot even par in a tournament that he very easily could have won. Um, he didn't, couldn't get anything going, but still led the field uh, strokes gain approach the green. <laughs> now he struggled on the greens all week. Um, he never had that day that we were kind of hoping for, but I don't think it means that rolling it back again this week means he's not going to have a good putting week. He's not a bad putter. He's very capable of filling it up on the greens. He came and tied third here last year. Back in 2011, he had a tied seventh um, and was also tied 16th in 2021. So I, I think it's a really good spot for Chris Kirk, too, and he's really feeling it with the golf swing right now. Do you realize that we have had two winners this year who have been 100? I have about 110 to 1, 111 to 1, and 350 to 1 to start the year. And now we go to the American Express. Which breeds triple-digit winners. It breeds them. <laughs> it's just crazy. And it makes me a little nervous with a field like this because it, it looks so good. Uh, and I, I 
have a sense that the streak is going to end, but at the same time, you know, anything can happen. Uh, we've, we've spent a lot of time uh, this off season talking about Justin Thomas, talking about, uh, Tom Kim. I'm, I'm back in here on Tom Kim. You know, he, he is, you talk about being back to base camp. He's back to being really good on approach. The putter let him down at the century, but he is generally a very big positive putter. And, you know, when you talk about winning birdie fests in a desert, um, Shriners is a birdie fest in a desert and, uh, Tom Kim's got a couple of those on the mantle. So he's, he's the other guy in the nine K range that I'm, I'm probably most excited about. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. The putting performance at the century worries me, but it doesn't worry me with everybody. So I, I think it's very fair to give him a pass. And if you look past that, um, then all the reasons you mentioned and all the reasons we mentioned for Justin Thomas, JT Poston and Chris Kirk are very much in play with Tom Kim. If you had to play one of Ricky Fowler or Tony Finau, who who would that be? Um, it would be Tony Finau. Interesting. I think I, I agree with you, but I'm not. I don't love it. I don't love it either, but I don't like what I've seen out of Ricky. I, hate I didn't it. like what I, I hate what I saw at the Ryder Cup. I hate what I saw at the Zozo. I hate what I saw at the Hero World Challenge, and I hate what I saw at the Century. But, and, you, but you don't love what you see from Tony Finau. No, no, <laughs> but I don't hate it. Right? He had, he at least came in tied fourth at the Hero <laughs> and tied 38th at the Century. Again, not very good, but. Um, the thing with Finau, the reason I don't like him here is because of the putter. I, I think his putting method got hot for a little while, but it, I think it's very difficult to control. Um, but I, I don't have a lot of trust in Ricky right now in any part of his game. Ricky's back to hemorrhage and strokes on the putting surfaces again. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. So in general, I think he has a better chance than Finau of of performing well. But if they are both ten under after two rounds, um, you know, in, in the mix on Friday, I'm not sure that ten under would even be in the mix. I don't know if it would be, would it? <laughs> I, I think it would be inside the cut line heading into Saturday. Um, but I I just trust Tony Finau if he gets in it more than Ricky Fowler. I could see a Ricky Fowler fade as being more likely than a Tony Finau fade on the weekend. Okay, we are going to continue this conversation. We'll go to the eights and below, find some value in this field. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. 
we are back. And uh, before we continue this conversation about the American Express, I love this comment in the chat from Alejandro saying, are we just all in on Stuart Sink on the on the Champions Tour? So Stuart Sink is, is five to one. Greg, there is one thing that I know. When a guy just turns 50 and plays his first couple of, of Champions Tour events, he crushes. And Stuart Sink's been playing great golf. He's been in Hawaii. Those guys are playing in Hawaii again. I'm I'm in, baby. It's Stuart Sink week. There's only one question. Is Steve Stricker playing? He is. Steve Stricker is the favorite. Stuart yeah. as the second shortest. Yeah, that's the that's the concern. Um, because <laughs> Steve Stricker's just seems to be impossible to beat right now. Uh, but yeah, love Stuart Sink. He'll be in the mix. Let's get let's get like a like what are the, what is that in horse racing like a like a box like an exacta box oh yes yeah one two, they're one two or two one yes right stricker sink or sink stricker either way uh, that I'm in for yeah, all right, very good uh, the eight K range starts with Wyndham Clark and Eric Cole it goes down to Andrew Putnam and Daniel Berger that is not a name. I have said in a very long time, I think we need to start there, Greg. We are five months short of two years since the last time we saw Daniel Berger. Uh, The U.S. Open in 2022, not the U.S. Open in 2023. Brookline, where Matt Fitzpatrick won, was the last time we saw Daniel Berger. Uh, at T fifth, uh, T five at the Memorial the week before that, I think it's a sign he's a good form. Yeah, great form. His last, <laughs> his last six rounds are awesome. Uh, I'm really happy to have Daniel Berger back. This has been apparently a really, really difficult situation. Yes, you know sometimes you get you get injured. You got to fix it. You got to rehab. It takes a long time. There are other times when you don't know what's wrong. And that is the frustrating thing. Uh, you don't know if you're ever going to get back to it. So I think Daniel Berger will come back and be very um, appreciative and, and grateful to be back. I, I would expect him to have been working on his game, which we've heard some rumors of. Uh, but as far as fantasy golf is concerned, uh, there's no way he's making it into any of my lineups. No. And that's... Nothing against Daniel Berger, but if I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to have to this week, it's going to be down in the in the 6K range, not at 8,000. Feels very similar to Will Zalatoris being being out for nine months and now having to come back and get some competitive reps. We're we're, we're almost on two years for Daniel Berger, so we will uh, we'll see if he can knock off that rust. Um, where in this 8K range would you like to go, and who's going to start making those lineups? Okay, um, the 8K range is very simple for me because we're in a desert and uh, the Desert Fox is playing and he's in the 8K range. So Adam Hadwin, I do mean this seriously. He's probably not my first choice in the range, but I do like what I saw. I know he missed the cut at the Sony Open, uh, but he played nicely at the at the Century. And this is a setup that just fits him very well. So the form, the recent form is okay, uh, but he had three straight top three finishes here in six, uh, in 17, 18, and 19. That was after a T6 in 2016. Uh, and since then, it's been a T32, a T25, and a T18. So uh, Adam Hadwin's in form enough, uh, and he's coming to a place that he absolutely just loves, the place that made him the Desert Fox. So I love 
Adam Hadwin, obviously. Um, and there is, yes, a bias. Yeah, if the <laughs> if you go to the place where you earned the nickname, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to play it. That's kind of yeah kinda, uh, yeah. So he's an autoplay. If we want to get somebody else in there with alongside Adam Hadwin, um, I do think you have some interesting options. Okay. Eric Cole, I have a feeling, is going to be deserving to chalk, right? I, yes, yes, 100%. And I sat here the last couple of weeks and I thought, man, I'm going to be the smartest guy in the room and just not play Eric Cole. You know, I didn't, especially last week, I did not think that Wiley was a great spot for him. I thought that the plantation course was better and he finished T14 and T13. So I, yeah, just it, I'm not sure it matters right now. Yeah. There was a while last year where he was an autoplay still. It's just a matter of, is he going to be too popular? And it's one of those where too popular. And also the same situation applies to him as it does to Scotty Scheffler, where things can just happen here. Nothing against him, but you know, it could, it could be a disappointing week easily without playing poorly. I'm going to remove his name, remove the fact that he is probably going to be the most, one of the most popular guys on the slate. Um, he's a great second shot player. He is inaccurate off the tee, which doesn't really matter. He puts it beautifully. When you start talking about filling it up and making a bunch of birdies, when you start talking about Monday qualifier type environments where it's a single round sprint, when you start looking at this guy on mini tour, like that's all, that's what he does. Like you stick Eric Cole on a golf course and he shoots eight under. That is what he does. He has to. He ha- right. He has made his living because he has been required to do that. <laughs> So, yes, he is so obvious. He should be a 10K guy. Why is he 8,800? He, dude, he's cheaper than he was last week. Now, I know this is a stronger field, but I don't know. He he shouldn't be 80. He should be ahead of Sungjae. I don't know about that, but I mean, <laughs> I, I mean look at the. I'm so impressed. I'm he just. He hasn't stopped. Hasn't stopped. It's been, it's been, I mean, it's been basically a year, right? He pops up at the Honda. Now he doesn't go on that same stretch, but once he gets to Mexico, basically once he gets to like May of last year, he's just been a machine. And they messed it up with the pricing. And so everybody's going to play him. Right. That's my concern. And um, I love what he's done. I just, I, I don't know if it's the wisest thing to do to play him if everybody else does. Now, if we just move the markets there, Rick, and everybody fades Eric Cole because everybody thinks he's going to be too popular, I'm all for it. The guy that I just really don't know what to do with is Wyndham Clark. You know, last 50 rounds, last 100 rounds, you know, obviously the the two massive wins, he turned into a completely different player last year. But what we saw from him after the tour championship, which by the way, he was great at the tour championship. What we saw from him after that has not been good. It's only been three starts. They've been spread out over a couple of months. Can we find a path that Wyndham, because I, I don't think anybody's playing Wyndham Clark. So I'm that alone interests me. He obviously has the upside to win this golf tournament. He has the upside. He was 3% owned at the century. 
Yeah. Three. Yeah. And those 3% were probably sorry they played him. Yes. Yeah. T29s. Okay. You know, that was middle and, you know, a little worse than average. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been, he's been disappointing. In theory, he's a phenomenal putter, but doesn't quite have the approach game. I mean, he did for a period last year, but it's really slowed down. For 12 months, he did for, he did for 22 starts in a row. Yeah. He really did. So look, there's upside, but, but it, it's a flyer. Is is your flyer going to be at 8,900? Mm. That's my my instinct. My instinct is no on Wyndham Clark. There's the live rumors going around too. Yeah. It would I just, be, listen, I don't know. I don't know anything about them, but. If he if he were to like announce he was going to live next week, and I looked at this stat profile, I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes a ton of sense." Right? Okay, <laughs> he's been negotiating. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have somewhere between 150 and 250 million coming in. Right. Um. You know, I I'm not so worried about what's happening on the range. Yeah. Or or that ends. I'm a little stressed out because I don't want anybody to find out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. I'm now. What are they going to ask me about? I'm going through a life change. Uh, yeah. Oh. It it just seems. Oh, uh, it it just doesn't seem good. So I'm a general fade on it. Uh, and part of the reason Rick is. You got Adam Hadwin. You got Akshay Batia. You got Taylor Montgomery too. God, Taylor Montgomery. The second, the second I reach for Dan- Taylor Montgomery will be when the bear trap snaps my hand. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I don't. I think this might be a good week to reach for him. He played what, last year. What does he do? Yeah, he came in third last year. Somewhere around there. Yeah. But what does Taylor Montgomery do really well? The Pots. reason he has a PGA Tour card is because he can putt. Yeah. Um, he gained seven strokes approaching the green last week. I know. And it was like in a very good, like plus two, plus two, a little over zero, plus 2.7. It wasn't like he holed out three times in one single round. It was, I, I, it's, it's a very sustainable, this, this, if you showed me this stat profile, I'd be like, Oh, that's Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> or like that's Colin Morikawa. <laughs> nope. That's one of the worst ball strikers on tour last year. I know. <laughs> so uh, again, I, I think that guys who struggle with ball striking, can have success here. Uh, and, and I, but I really like the fact that he's not struggling right now. This is still a pro-am, right? Yes. Okay. So the other thing with pro-ams is they don't tuck pins because there's, uh, there's like a hundred amateurs out there. It's a and great these, point. These rounds are already long enough. They don't need nine hour rounds because Billy Bob, who's a 25 handicap, it can't get to a back pin or a tucked pin. Like it's just, they're a, they're a little bit easier. They're a little bit easier. You could say a lot of it easier. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've heard some complaints before. It's so, it's hard to see it on TV sometimes, but we've heard complaints that pins are on little knobs and, you know, and like impossible spots on tour. Uh, And it just, they set it up to be really difficult to make it hard to make birdies, uh, but not in an event like this. So it feeds right into Taylor Montgomery's game. I've been staying away for probably a full year now, and I'm willing to come back. 
I'm willing to stick my hand in the bear trap for Taylor. <laughs> is Akshay the new Eric Cole? Because he's gone 43rd, 35th, 21st, 10th, 20th, 38th, 14th, 13th. Stat profile looks pretty good. I, I like. Yeah. Very much. I do too. Um, made some real strides with the putter. Yeah. That seems to be working. He had some tough rounds last week where he kind of got out of contention and still continued to fight hard and put together a very reputable finish uh, with, with a T13. So I think Akshay is feeling really good right now. He's earning his place on the PGA Tour. We don't have the tropical element this week, um, but I still think he's comfortable going at flags and making birdies. There will be palm trees, though. Plenty of palm yes. trees. Maybe maybe he likes palm trees. Ah, a little twist on the narrative. For the ocean, he just likes palm trees and coconuts. There we go. Okay, I could buy that. We'll find out this week. That That's what we'll, we'll find out. Right. $7,000 range. The top, Steven Yeager, Will Zalatoris. We get Bo Hostler back in the mix at 7,800. The middle, Ben Griffin, Nick Taylor, Rio Hisatsune. And the bottom, Dylan Wu, Doug Gim, Grayson Sick, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of other names in the mix as well. We've we've spent a lot of time talking about Steven Yeager the last couple of weeks. He's much cheaper than he was in the fall. Where do we where do we go here, Greg, in the sevens? Uh, well, I think Steven Yeager is worth a conversation. I agree. Because um, he has been a machine. Yeah. But what is the what is this? Is this T nine upside? Like, there's no, there's. It's not like he's got to clean something up and then he'll pop. He does everything well every week, and his best finish is a T nine at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Now his worst finish is, you know, a, a T forty five. So it's been really good. A lot of top twenties, but do you worry about his upside at all? Yes. I mean, yes, I do. Uh, Because you're right in the sense of where is he going to get better? There's not an easy answer to that where if he does this, he jumps up 10 more spots. I do think, though, that this is completely anecdotal and narrative based, but I do think of him as a like hold your breath kind of guy. Who can who can go low and make a lot of birdies and and sprint like that, but that that is not quantifiable, and I do worry that his upside is t, yeah, eleven. Now it it's not a bad thing because this is a, it, he holds his breath well, and it's enough to finish t eleven, right? T fifteen, t fourteen, something like that. That could be a very useful piece in your lineup this week. If you're going to take some chances, if you're going to go the Wyndham Clark route uh, in this seven K range and in the six K range, there's a lot of guys you got to take a chance on. So he may be your, he, he may be one of the safest plays you can make in your lineup, but it's just, I just wonder how, what, what is something doesn't add up 
get, I look at the stat profile and the results, and I would I would expect to see more contention than I'm getting. So it's very curious. He's to gonna me. make like he's gonna make like two and a half million dollars and never feel stress. So it's he's gonna have a great year. Well, he's like the backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, hold hold the clipboard. Get I mean, I hope that I hope I'm wrong. I hope he does start feeling some Sunday some Sunday pressure, but he's gonna make a ton of money like this. Yep, and already has. Look at those career earnings: four point six million. Four point six million already. Um, okay, all so, right. What are we doing here? So I'm not crazy about this range. I'm not crazy. I mean, one na- Taylor Pendrith pops out to me. I think he's a good, um, easy setup guy. I lo- I love his game, and I like what he did at the Sony. Uh, but I don't really like his record here. Two missed cuts that worries me. Um, so he's one guy that popped out to me. Um, you got Tom Hoagie here at 76, whose name feels right. Uh, probably more narrative based than it is results based. I don't like what he's been doing. Um, but I like him here. Ben Griffin has my interest. Griffin. Okay. When I started, I just almost threw my mouse off the table when I, was modeling Ben Griffin's name started popping up a lot because especially recently the the really big potential upside in approach play like he's gained five or more strokes on approach in three of his last six starts he's gained uh, like 11 strokes putting in his last eight rounds. And he's, I mean, he's capable. You saw he gained eight and a half at Sanderson Farm. Like he is capable of absolutely filling it up. So that modeled out really, really well. So I, I'm, I'm here with you on Ben, if you want to go there. Yeah, I think that's a playable option. And as you'll see, like, I don't feel great about Hoagie, but I like it. I don't feel great about Pendrith, but I like it. I, I, I feel like Ben Griffin, I don't like the name as much. Um, he doesn't jump out to me as much, but I think it could really work. Um, I got a couple guys here at the bot towards the bottom of this range that I think are actually good plays. One of them is Brandon Wu. I'm kind of excited about Brandon Wu this week. Um, seems like he's starting to hit the ball really well. He hasn't missed a cut since the Scottish open and at the Sony open last week, he finished tied 18th. Um, Gained three, three and three quarters approaching the green, which is some really good stuff. I have a feeling that Brandon Wu could put together a good week. Tell you what, T18 last week gains basically across the board, tiny little loser around the greens, but not a, not a big deal at less than 1% ownership and 250 to one odds. You mentioned it. I mean, that's like 10 cuts in a row where he uh, more often than not gains from T to green. A lot better than I was expecting to see, Greg. Yeah, I, I think there's something brewing there. And maybe this is the, maybe Brandon Wu is the guy that pops out that nobody saw it coming. But he's been playing some really good golf. Um, you know what else I'm interested in, Rick? What's that? Uh, Matthew Pavon. Oh. $7,200. $7,200. Off- T7 last week. Uh, looked pretty confident on the greens. Probably leaves that week feeling like he let it get away. He missed a couple short putts he should have made. Hit a couple of chip shots that were just a little weak. And, and that was not because of his play as much as the pressure. 
not because of his skill set as much as the pressure of being in the mix. And I feel like this being the second run in a row could be a really good thing for him. Uh, You also have the motivation of getting into the signature events. And with a T7 on the board already, another week like that could be really strong. Is there a leaderboard on P? There's got to be, right? On PGATour.com of the, uh, what are they calling it? The Aon. Aon 5. Yes. I haven't looked for it yet. Oh, boy. Uh, I see FedEx Cup fall. I see Comcast Business Tour top 10. I want, oh, Aon Better Decisions. Nope, that's the Aon Rewards. Okay. Hatton won last year. Here we go. Uh, swing five. The Swing five. Okay. They were calling it the Aon in the uh, broadcast. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's like brought to you. It's called the Aon Swing Five. Okay. Yeah. So there's the Aon Next Ten, which is what we already determined. That was Bo Hostler, Ludwig, those guys. Right. The Aon Swing Five. Okay. So this does look like it's updated because it's currently Grayson Murray, obviously 500 swing points. But Carl- he's now in everything. Oh, that's right. So they should really remove him from. The should, I would think. Okay. So Carl Yuan, Matthew Pavan, Taylor Pendrith, and then Akshay and Patton Kazire are tied. So, you know, that's some, that's some extra motivation. There's two more events, right? Uh, I believe one. You got, well, yeah, American Express and then Farmers. Right, and then Farmers to get into Pebble Beach. That's right. Okay. Oof. So, yeah, interested in uh, Pavan. And then... This is one that's a little sneaky, but I kind of like it. Okay. Uh, Grace and Sig. Oh. So, again, short, short, short sample. But Grace and Sig came in tied eighth at the uh, RSM, comes back this year to the Sony, and finishes T66. But he lost four strokes putting. Which he... What I like about this is when somebody loses a ton, does that set them on a run of losing? And for him recently, it's the answer is no. You know, he loses 3.7 strokes putting in Detroit, gains his next two weeks. Loses two strokes at the 3M Open, gains his next two weeks. Loses a little bit, just a little bit at the Sanderson Farms, gains, loses, gains, loses. So, I mean, he does, he does possess a lot of bounce back ability. Yeah, and again, it's not the pattern um, that uh, that I'm necessarily looking for, but it's not like when you see some a number like that. Okay, well, he came in tied 66 because he had a terrible week on the greens. Is he a bat? Is he that bad of a putter? No, he's a streaky putter. Okay, so he seems to be hitting the ball pretty well. I saw him make some swing, some great golf swings last week, um, and I think there's a there's an avenue. He is a tied 25th here. He's played here twice, a T25 and a missed cut. I, I think there's some value for him at 7,000. Let's uh, just quickly, I, I think Davis Thompson is interesting, and I think Bo Hostler, uh is pretty interesting in that range as well. Let's go down to yeah. the 6K range here, which is uh, where you're going to find some significant value. Carl Yuan, Maverick McNeely, Vince Whaley, amongst others, up in the top of that range. The middle of the 6,000s looks like Camila Vijegas, uh, Callum Terran, Nate Lashley. And then the bottom of this range, if you're feeling super frisky, one Michael Block, one Kevin Kisner, 
a Jason Duffner and a JB Holmes sighting. So whew, this is this has got my juices flowing. This is where um, <laughs> it's hard to find good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you you could go on the Carl Yuan from last week. Mm-hmm. He's obviously feeling pretty well. You could go that way. Okay. Uh, but I, I think I'm more inclined to get a little more bang for my buck, if you will. Uh, and there's a couple, there's, there's really only two guys that kind of stick out to me. One would be, I'm trying to find their prices because they're in the middle six Ks. Okay. 6,700. I got Seamus power. This is very similar to what we just talked about with grace and SIG. Seamus power made the cut last week, came in 74th, right? Lost nine strokes putted. Yep. 3.3, 1.2, 1.4, 3.3 in those four rounds. He's he's not a bad putter. A, a better putter than Grayson Sig, I think. You sure, you sure Greg? <laughs> Look, uh, there was a year where he was a top 10 putter on the PGA Tour. He is definitely, long-term, a way better putter than that. Yes. So, um, now he did lose seven strokes putting at the BMW Championship. Don't worry about that. But that was last year. That was last year. <laughs> so, uh, Seamus, to me, I, I feel like there's just a value at the price. And it's kind of easy to say, to see him uh, turning that around and not losing nine strokes putting again, which I guarantee he won't do because he only has two rounds with shot link at the maximum. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, <laughs> but also look at look at his record here it's very good he's got a t21 his first start uh t11 his second start missed cut in his third and in 2022 a t14 so he's, he's played some pretty good golf here at this spot the name that i was interested in is vince whaley and we talked a lot about Vince, I believe it was in the fall, because if I pull up his stat profile here, you're going to see some pretty good finishes. Yeah. Okay. So his fall was great. Yeah. We talked about him last week too. Yeah, exactly. And last week was, it wasn't great. His first start of the new year. But what I see is a guy who lost a ton of strokes putting, which is possible at Kapalua, those greens with a lot of undulation and your first time out, we saw a lot of guys put up some significant losses. He's a very good putter. He had gained strokes and a lot of them in six straight. He loses 2.2. That's where you find the bounce back. That's where you find everybody going back to their, to their mean. I think Vince Whaley is very, very live. Yeah, I think that's a good play. I, you know, I went with him last week and was hurt. Uh, that was kind of disappointing, but I think going back again could be could be a good option. I got one of your boys on my list too. Who's that? Harry Hall. Oh yeah, talk about putters. Yeah, Oops. very strong putter traditionally. His name popped up in some of the uh, wedge modeling. Not a ton, but some. And he hit the ball pretty well last week, which is unlike him. Yeah, no, he is. He's starting to figure it out. Um, again, likes his likes his desert golf. Likes you know very very strong putter. Good enough wedge player. The the rest of the game has some holes in it, which he's trying to plug. But yeah, that's uh, not bad to be Harry Hall. We start going below that. You know, below sixty seven hundred. 
and the Seamus power kind of guess, it starts getting really ugly under here. Would you feel confident or would you feel (laughs) – I don't even know what the word is. Would you play any of these guys? (sighs) This is the hardest thing about it, right? We talk about the volatility at the beginning of the show. And this is where it comes from. I mean, look how many guys there are underneath Harry Hall, just because my name was on his before. There are so many guys here. And one of them is going to be near the top of the leaderboard. But if you could tell me who and why, I mean, you're going to be grasping at straws. Hmm. So, like, would you play? Should you play one of these guys is the question. Um, who you pick, I don't think there's a legitimate reason for any of them. So, no, I, I, I can't make a case for any of them. But collectively, I mean, one of them's going to be up there, right? Yeah, and a lot of them are going to make the cut, right? And they're going to finish T18 and T22 and all that stuff. And I'm trying to find something to hang my hat on. I'm not sure I'm really finding it. I mean, it's crazy that I'm not remotely interested in Camilo Villegas, who in his last five starts has a win and a runner-up finish. Yeah, but it it just doesn't feel like... It just doesn't feel real. Fool's gold. You know? I mean, you got a Johnny Vegas who's talented. You got a Lanto Griffin and a Joel Damon who we know. You have a Nate Lashley who can pop off, but hasn't really been playing great. So I, I don't like when you're taking flyers like this to go with guys who because you recognize their name. Yeah, actually, just do the opposite. Pick guys that you don't recognize. <laughs> exactly. Just start throwing darts with guys you have no idea who they are. Because like there's a there's a reason that Robert McIntyre is sixty eight hundred. He played on the Ryder Cup this year. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. But I mean, there's not a ton of there's not a ton of value in playing Bobby Mack. No, there's really not. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll end on a downer there. Yeah, it's so disappointing. <laughs> um, the. Course rotations are out. I did. I did see that they just dropped the uh, the the tee times and the groupings and all of that. So, for example, Harry Hall, who we just mentioned, will be teeing off the tenth tee, first tee time out on the stadium course. And the other thing, Greg, there's no waves because everybody's out there. Uh, on three different golf courses, they're all out there at the same time. So the tee times are between. Uh, this is local, 8.30 and 10.42. So all the tee times are two and a half hours. They're not going to be fast rounds, but there's not going to be two waves to go through. Right, which, again, there's not a ton of weather here either. Um, but in the event that you do get weather, there can be little advantages. But again, this is another challenge about this. Uh, like all of the golf courses can be the easiest of the day. Correct. And uh, They're all gettable. So... I don't look too much into that. I mean, you're you're likely to have your stars playing Saturday and Sunday on uh, on the West Course. Right, that's by design, by the way, because for television on Saturday. So I have not looked yet, but I imagine 
I don't want to make a fool of myself, but I imagine like Scotty Scheffler is playing whatever course first that gets him to the stadium course on Saturday. Right. And you probably will have the same with Xander and the same with Cantlay. Maybe a couple will be sprinkled in elsewhere. It must be La Quinta because that's Scotty, Cantlay, Burns, uh, Xander, Xander, Finau. So yeah. yes, that it's it's La Quinta, Nicholas Tournament, Stadium Course. Right. And that's a carousel. So if you're stadium course, you'll go to La Quinta, then Nicholas tournament course. But, you know, they I don't think there's a huge advantage either way. Not enough to sway a decision. No. I looked this, uh, I looked this up one time because somebody sent me like it, it was true that, you know, um, it was something like the winners more frequently come from the stadium course on Saturday, but they're also the better players. So it's like, so that's just like saying the winners come from the better players. Yeah. But do they here? I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I just, I, I don't, uh, I don't think that's a good strategy to base it on. Oh, all my guys are going to start on La Quinta. I, I wouldn't necessarily do that. You know what I would necessarily do? Hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed to the Golf on CBS YouTube channel. We will be back Tuesday. We will be back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to have every angle of the American Express covered for you. Greg, any final thoughts before we get out of town? Uh, Looking forward to a birdie fest. Going to get a little snow up here in the Northeast, probably tonight into tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. But but I can't wait to watch a little primetime golf. I I don't know. Are we considered after dark? Will this be, will these post rounders be first cut after dark? Technically? Yeah, I think we, I think we're pushing it. I think it's time for the logo again. For you, they will be because I assume I assume it's going to be like a 7 p.m. Eastern time record and the sun will yeah. be down by then. Yeah, it will. But that's not really after dark. Seven o'clock is a little. I mean, that's dinner time. But if we don't use but if we don't if we don't use if we don't use the logo. Why do we have it? That's for Hawaii, just for Hawaii. <laughs> And, and and we only have like a couple more. Like we, we once we get through this West Coast swing, uh, we're never using it again until next year. Yeah, it's a good point. All right, I'm with it. I'm with you. Right. First cut after dark, starting Thursday. Yeah, there you go. All right, big uh, big thanks to producer Troy. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg is available online at the Real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What about the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS Monday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.